Cool, so that's that all set up. Make sure that's, yep, yeah, all good there. Right, here we go, first one of the new season. Ugh. Stretch the arms out, I don't know why, because you know. Right, so here we go. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the DC United Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, James Gray, and alongside me, I've got a guest with me. Um, his name is Ken. You've heard him before on last season's shows, but if you're new to the show, thank you for listening. And Ken, let the listeners know about yourself for those ta- first-timers. Uh, yeah, uh, so my name's Ken. I run the DCU underscore soccer page on Twitter, um, and my other work's linked there. Um, so yeah, check it out if you if you want. Yeah, and you've wrote up a quite a good piece recently on uh, one of our new signings that's kind of had quite a bit of attention on it. So if you've uh, not checked them out, um, or if you're about to check them out, go and have a look at that bit of work. Um, if you head over onto his website, it's a good read. Um, Obviously, it's been a few months since we've had a good little chat, so what have you been up to, Ken? Uh, you know, uh, n- nothing much. I've been enjoying the off-season. <laughs> um, I kind of, you know, during the uh, MLS uh, season, I-, I do a lot of this kind of stuff with the, the D- DC United uh, content stuff, but in the off-season, I was working on some of my other side projects and, you know, do- doing those kind of things, but... Also relaxing and, I guess, getting ready for, uh, you know, the, our next season. <laughs> yeah, and we've got... A, it's going to be a, quite a big season and quite... Um, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch, because we've now no longer have Wayne Rooney or Lucho Acosta. So we've had to try and replace them, and I think we've done rather well, let's put it that way. Um, so... Big thing for me on this one is over the off season, um, have had the chance to actually gain some sponsorship for the show, um, and this is where we're gonna intro the sponsor, and they are the guys over at MLS UK show, and they wanted to leave a little message for us. So before we head into the main part, let's just um, hear from the guys over at the MLS UK show. Hey DC squad, this is Elliot Holman, and I'm Henry Hewitt, and we are the MLS UK show. And we're really excited to be sponsoring the DC United Kingdom podcast for 2020. But if you know James's podcast, DC United Kingdom Squad, and you're not aware of us at the MLS UK show, Elliot, what can we give them? Well, unfortunately for you, we don't just focus on DC United. You're in there, you're in the mix. But uh, we focus on the whole of MLS from a UK perspective. Just a couple of lads who are sick of British football because our teams are rubbish. Whether you want to hear games like the Jason Crisis Rights, you want to hear interviews like with Rory from DC United and then some MLS players like Tom Barlow from New York Red Bulls. Sorry. Awkward. We've got loads on the show and we want you to be a part of it as well. Get in touch on our socials. At MLS UK Show on Twitter and on Instagram and search MLS UK Show on Facebook as well. So that's it. Best of luck for the season ahead. Back to James. Thank you, Elliot and uh, Henry. Um, It is an absolute honour to have you sponsoring for the 2020 season. Um, 
if you've not actually listened to the MLS UK show yet, please do. They are absolutely awesome. And they are the guys that kind of inspired me to get to start doing the podcast. So uh, please do check them out. And uh, they are fantastic. Give them a follow. Search the hashtag MLS UK. Um, you'll see everything that's going on in the MLS UK community. And it's ever growing. And it is being fantastic. Um, so, Ken we need to discuss some transfers uh, because there's been a few incomings and outgoings, let's put it that way. Um, We still don't know what's happening with Quincy um, and I think no news is, unfortunately, in this instance, bad news, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not not, uh, too optimistic on uh, Quincy coming back at this point. I think, you know, it's pretty late. Um... And and we did have some other movement in a in a similar position that we'll probably talk about. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it might be one of those things where they wait to the last minute um, because they feel like they might, you know, they might feel like they have the luxury to wait uh, with with him. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, he he's been putting out a lot of stuff about uh, you know marketing himself to to any team that will you know talk to him um, and see if it's a good fit with another MLS team. So I don't know. Yeah, and if you don't follow him on um, Twitter, um, please do because he is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you see some of the responses that he gives, and it's the same on Instagram. He is fantastic. His social content is by far and away the best I've seen out of any MLS player, and to be honest, pretty much any player. They've, he's very funny. He's witty. He's, he's got great comebacks if you start to slag him off, um, especially if you talk to him about uh, his time against Slatan. Um, I hope he comes back not just from uh, on the pitch kind of view and being that guy who can fill out the roster very nicely, but just for his content, because he's brilliant. Um, other outgoings we've had, we've uh, Jalen Robinson's been released, um, one of our homegrown uh, players that we've had. Um, not too disappointed, I want to say, because he wasn't the greatest on the pitch. Um, I don't know whether you will agree with me on that one, uh, Ken. Well, I mean, I think he was serviceable, right? But I think for 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 him, it it would have been uh, it, it would have been a little disappointing that he didn't progress and and fight his way into the starting eleven, uh, maybe a year or two sooner. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's um, for his development. He's unfortunately just a, a couple of years too old now, so. Hopefully he'll get um, a club, whether it's in another MLS team or whether it's down in um, USL. I think he will. He'll still be a successful player. It's just not going to be at DC United. Um, we lost uh, Titi Rodriguez. He, we did not re-sign him um, for this season. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed because I feel like he was starting to come really, really good towards the end of the season. He started off really well, scoring that absolute pearler of a volley against RSL um, then he had a bit of a different form but I think when we started playing a bit more centrally a little bit deeper he was doing really well um, so I'm a little bit sad he's not come back for 2020 um, what do you think Ken do you think do you agree with me on that one um, is there anything that you liked about Titi or do you think we were right not to re-sign him uh, well I mean I, I I was disappointed but I, I kind of saw it coming kind of um, when they started talking about what the uh, fee would be, I think it was around like two point five million dollars, uh, which uh, is pretty large, I guess. Yeah, I thought he played pretty well last season. Um, 
I think a lot of these uh, guys come in, have like an okay first season, and really do well in their their second uh, second season and, and forward. So I think we would have seen um, a lot better uh, from him in a, in a second season. But I guess that's not something you can bank on when making a two point five million dollar investment. But I mean, you know, you also never know. He could he could come back uh, at any time. Really, I mean, it really depends on if he's going to be getting playing time uh, where he is now. Um, but yeah, disappointed. I wanted to get a a jersey with him on it, but I uh, wasn't going to do it while he was on loan. And it turns out I was right. I... <laughs> <laughs> you were indeed. Um, Leo Hara. Um, he's obviously not. Uh, being renewed for 2020 after being on loan for last season. Thoughts on him, Ken? Yeah, I mean, I think even even when he was getting signed last offseason, he was very hesitant to, to come up here. He, he really likes uh, Boca Juniors. He, that's where his heart is. That's where he wants to be. Um, I'm not sure exactly what has happened to him after going back. I mean, I think it was pretty clear that he was not going to be uh, one of the people that we bring back this season. Um, I think even pretty early on in the season, it was pretty clear he was only there for the year. Um, but I mean, it does it does leave a spot there, right? We had Knauss playing there last season at the right back, mm-hmm. which was... I mean, I, he played really well there, but I don't know if that's really something that we want uh, long-term, right? But I don't know. I thought he did well. He was... He did some Some very obvious flaws, but some very, very positive things as well. So... Um, does kind of leave a spot. Yeah, I think I was seriously impressed with Canales playing at right back. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. So if it's a case that he plays there a bit more regular, I'm not going to be too disappointed, but we need to make sure we've got that central midfield spot where he was fully covered because obviously we've got uh, Felipe during the mid-season um, last year and he filled that role really really well he took to it um absolutely awesomely but we do i think that's probably the one place that's left for us to strengthen um left in the whole roster now um as a proper proper player rather than just a roster filled player um and obviously the last two players that we kind of need to talk about in the outgoings um lucha Costa and wayne rooney um, obviously, we knew about Wayne Rooney leaving in August time, I think it was, and we kind of knew Lucio Costa was just winding down his contract. Um, in terms of DC United as a whole, um, with them two leaving, how do you think that's going to leave us for 2020, Ken? Um, I think, you know, it's obviously disappointing about how those things played out. Uh, I guess maybe for uh, different reasons, but I think, honestly, I think it taught the front office a couple really massive really valuable lessons um some of which i think we're seeing um play out uh, right right now and in, in terms of who they're signing and how they're going about some of their stuff um but i mean honestly i think it's kind of a uh, has a massive silver lining right like it freed mm-hmm. up a lot of money um and uh being able to reinvest that into younger bigger uh not bigger off the field, but maybe a little bit bigger on the field and more consistent, um, potentially at, at least. Um, but also some some people we might be able to sell on and provide more uh, value that way. But also 
um, provide more value in terms of the community, right? Like Rooney was a big deal um, in terms of international stuff and kind of getting some, some you know, uh, Manchester United fanboys to come out to the stadium. <laughs> but it didn't really engage with a lot of the, like, really hardcore soccer communities and uh, stuff like that inside of D.C. or the surrounding areas. And I think this gives us a massive opportunity to kind of uh, change that um, and, and kind of get back to our, our roots from the late 90s, honestly, and, and, and somewhat into the 2000s, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's helped for someone like myself with uh, Wayne Rooney, who joined back in 2018 and getting the publicity about the club over here, because generally speaking, there wasn't really anything about DC United at all here. Um, until Wayne Rooney joined and we were on Sky Sports News, we were on the main sports broadcasters week in, week out when he joined. So from my point of view, that was fantastic. Um, But I totally agree with the fact that when you look at the local community aspects of it, um, you you never saw Wayne with any fans outside the ground, really. Um, I never saw anything over on Twitter or on Instagram. It was just a case he went, played... You saw a few photos from um, the matches, and that was about it. So the fact that, yeah, he's gone, he was on thousands upon thousands a week, so that's freed up a hell of a lot in the salary cap. Um, and I think the same with Lucho as well. He was on a on a decent wage, so we've really been able to loosen the purse strings um, during the off-season to bring some players in. Um, and one of those, um, who I think will have the biggest impact and I think everyone's thought the same, is um, Addison Flores. Um, uh, it's You're being in the in the US and knowing DC a little bit more than I do, Ken. Um, what's that going to do in terms of things like the local community and bringing fans into the ground? Uh, I think it's going to do a lot, right? Like, I think, um, you know, I think the first thing is uh, Flores is a Peruvian international. Um, which by itself is a, a big deal even in a vacuum. Uh, pretty well-respected national team, um, pretty strong team, uh, making it to the, the final of the Copa America um, this last time. Um, but also, I mean, you know, D.C. and the surrounding like uh, area there has the third largest Peruvian community in, in the whole country. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of, of people from that area, a lot of people who who already know who this this player is um, and already identify with him because of that national team. Um, but, you know, I think beyond that, just the, the you know, the fact that it, it does feel like the front office is, you know, making that attempt, which I think brings in even more people on top of that. Um, the the Latino community in general, I think, is, is going to um, identify with him. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's kind of a, well, it's a lot bigger signing than I think Acosta was. I think probably a lot different player, but but maybe better uh, for, for a couple of different reasons that um, we could probably discuss. But <laughs> I think he, Flores is someone that I think, you know, a lot of a lot of fans won't be like, why is he just standing around like we were with Acosta? Um, but, but yeah, I think this is going to do a, a lot, right? And I think it's... Um, yeah. It's pretty massive. No, absolutely. It's and when you mention the things like the fact that we've got one of the highest Peruvian um, 
populations in in the US that's going to be an absolute fantastic signing um, and you look at his record in Liga MX as well that's nothing to be sniffed at um, and you look at those big E's he's got they're fa- you're not going to miss him on the pitch are you? No, and I was uh, I was looking at a picture like that that social put up uh, recently, and I'm like, yeah, he's got he's got the the the, fu- the funny ears, and and that's actually his uh, his nickname as well. But um, also, Yamila Saad's ears are kind of funny in a similar way, so <laughs> it's kind of we're starting to kind of get this uh, like little little subgroup of of guys with funny ears. But yeah, if it means we're winning winning MLS cups. I'll have all the biggest ears you can take. Yeah, any ears, um, actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, any funny ears, that'll do. Um, you mentioned another signing there. Um, whether that was on purpose or not, I like your style. Um, but Yamil Assad, um, we obviously knew that he was coming back at the end of last year. Um, but we need to talk about it. Um, I love it. He was fantastic when he was on loan for us. Um, it was a shame that we couldn't bring him back sooner. Um but we've now got him. He's now a permanent signing. We don't have to worry about him losing him or whatever. Fantastic signing. Um, Ken, I know you love the Amir Assad. I know you said you were going to get a jersey last year if he was to come back. Is that going to happen? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, he's one yeah. of my... He's actually... I, and I, I guess I don't quite know why, but he's he's been one of my favorite players... Um, and and I can't quite identify why, but like, I love his style. I love. I just love. I love. I love Assad. Um, I guess I'm definitely gonna get a jersey. I guess probably the the first day uh, when you know the opening day or whatever. But um, I guess you know. I think it's a big deal. I think he's gonna do really well. Um, he has a new number. I think he's 11. I think he is indeed. Um, yeah. Which I think is cool because he was like 22 um, last time, and I think we talked about either on this podcast or, or my podcast, that the uh, his old jersey was taken by um, Griffin Yao. So I'm like, well, what is his number going to be? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the only concerning thing would be that, yeah, he hasn't played in a year really, right? Um, yeah. And the last time we saw him was recovering from, from an injury and not not quite being at the same level he was for the, the rest of that season. But... Um, I mean, I think we know who he is. He played in Atlanta. We've seen, saw him there. We saw him for DC. Um, obviously, fully recovered from that injury. Um, but you know, it does kind of leave a like, huh? Like that's that's kind of weird. He hasn't really played um, healthy in a, in a quite a while. But I, I I could definitely see him not you know being a starter maybe for the first couple games even. Mm. Um, but but then reintegrating him with the squad, kind of getting that you know stuff back to where it was um but i'm excited about it yeah absolutely um i think this preseason will be good for him to get as much sharpness back um because as you said he's been out of competitive action for near enough a year so it's going to take time and i think the fans as we are we just need to be patient i know we'd want to see silence take to the stage straight away but when someone's been out for that long, we just need to have a little bit more patience than we normally would with players and just realise, you know what, it might take three, four, maybe even five games for him to really hit the ground running. Um, but he's going to be fantastic for 2020. We know 
we know how he plays. We know he's got a nice little bit of flair. Um, he can score a good goal, um, as, as he did. I think he scored the first goal at Audi Field. So we know what he can do. We just uh, we just have to be patient. Um, other signings, um, in terms of proper signings, I want to call them, rather than the draft picks, which we'll come on to in a second, Eric Sorger. That's one I didn't see coming. Um, but looking at his record, it's rather good. Yeah, I mean, I think this is exciting. I think a long-term play, right? Uh, young guy, he's mm. he's 20. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, the Estonia League is uh, not one of the best in the world but <laughs> i mean i think i saw you what scoring like like on average like once a game or, or something ridiculous right so he has yeah. that knack for goal um he's gonna be uh technically with loudon i think th- th- there was talk about that being a a salary cap rule thing um i could honestly see him i mean n- no one's really thinking about it or talking about it but like i could see him playing for loudon for a while to be honest because like the the jump from the Estonian league to to USL is is probably a little uh, lighter, uh, definitely lighter, obviously than than directly to MLS. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if we only have two strikers, it seems like he'll have to be in the starting eighteen. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, as you said, that his record with one goal a game is just it's fantastic, and he is an international player as well, so. He's got the big game experience. Um, maybe it's not to levels of normal European sides, but he he knows where the net is and he's going to be confident. And when you are inconfident, it, sometimes it doesn't matter what your skill level is. You're just going to carry on that way and you're going to continue scoring goals. So I'm very happy to see him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he starts off at Loudoun um, because I think they were the ones who actually announced the signing. Um but we all know that's really a DC United signing. Just it's going to be a good thing. Um, the draft picks. Um, we picked two, picked up two goalkeepers, which I was surprised by. Um, but I want to talk about the the giant goalkeeper, Simon Lefebvre. Um, six foot eight. It's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess almost <laughs> as tall as you, or, or as tall as you. Um, nearly. He's uh, nearly there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of strange too. I guess when I was reading about it, it was a lot of like uh, they need goalkeepers for Loudon. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Um, I think people yeah. were complaining about it, but whatever. I mean, I think they're it's fine. Um, <laughs> if you could find value wherever you can find it, I think that's important, um, especially if it's in uh, places of need for your USL team. Yeah, that's it. Um, definitely a USL signing uh, for Loudon, but I think. The fact that he's a bit of a bit of a giant, a bit of a different style of keeper. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays in the US Open Cup, for example, and might he might get a try out there. Um, we also the other keeper we signed was in the third round pick, I think it was Andrew Verdi. Um, I've just seen um, today uh, he's not joining the club on preseason in Florida. Um, he's staying in school. Um, the other player, which I've not really noticed much about, um, is Josh F- Fawoli. Is that how you pronounce it? No clue. <laughs> no. Um, he's a striker, and I imagine he's just going to be a Loudon player. Um, possibly might get in looking in US Open Cup games again. And 
in some friendly games, I would imagine, um, because we know um, US soccer loves a bit of uh, summer friendlies, don't we? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think just taking a step back, I mean, a lot of this draft stuff, like, yeah, I think that at this point in, in uh, 2020, it's it's kind of hard to find value, uh, like, for, for the MLS side um, in 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 the first year especially but but uh in general even beyond like the first you know five to ten picks so i don't know i think we'll see um and and again to take another step back to the goalkeeper stuff but um yeah i was kind of surprised they took two i guess but because we do have uh earl edwards jr who i um am quite fond of um Hmm. i made a highlight video of him uh last year and uh he's he's quite impressive actually i think um, especially at the USL level, so I'm kind of curious how that'll play out and, and who will be starting for for Loudon, um, and how how we do that because at this moment DC United itself has three keepers uh, with Sites, Hamid, and uh, Edwards. So um, I'm hoping that Edwards gets some playing time because I think uh, he's relatively young and and could be um, MLS caliber keeper uh, potentially. Yeah. Um, going back to the draft bit, um, it, I'm always keen to see what it's like because we don't have anything like that over here in the UK. It's definitely an American thing. Um, and I watched it last year and the year before, and it was intri- intriguing to see how it all played out with the draft picks. You've got the, the interview of the players beforehand. You've obviously got the, the tests where they test the speed and things like that. Um, and... The previous two years that I watched it, it was all done in one place. The play, all the players were there, the clubs were there. Um, but this year, it took a little bit of a different turn, being the twenty fifth year of MLS, and it was bizarre because you had players at their universities or colleges, and I it just felt a bit disconnected. Um, and I don't know whether that's on purpose, the fact that China maybe uh, mellow down the the super draft as a whole and potentially get rid of it um but did you see the super draft and what did you make of it if you did Ken? uh yeah i watched a little bit of it i mean i think the the novelty of it is has worn out for me to be honest i think uh, i think it's time for it to go um and i think they they need to figure that out um especially since every year there seems to be less and less of the uh, the real value there. A lot of these um, kids are signing sooner and outside of the system, outside of the super draft system. Um, so you're kind of picking from harshly, but kind of the, the leftovers, right? Um, so yeah. yeah, and then it was weird. It was disjointed, and uh, I don't know. It, it it felt like they were trying to make it a thing, but it's obviously less of a thing. And then whatever, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I I do love the concept. I think it's fa- great, um, and it's another way into professional soccer. Um, but yeah, the, it's starting to become a little bit thin on the ground now with the possibilities of players because, as you rightly said, they're signing sooner. They're signing with academies now. Um, I do feel that is definitely the way forward. Um, clubs having academies because they kind of see them through right from a very young age. And they get developed, I wouldn't say, at a much better level. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future with the Super Draft. But we'll see what happens. 
Um, we had quite a few rumours um, in terms of transfers. Um, first one being was the Brian Lozano situation, um, which unfortunately didn't uh, play out to our advantage. He signed a new deal. Was it Santos Laguna he's with? Yeah, in, in Liga MX, yeah. Yeah. Um, would you like to see that sign and actually go through, Ken? Um, I, I honestly, when I when I first saw those those uh, discussions happening, I mean, I I'm familiar with the player and and um, like relatively not not in a massive way, but I was very skeptical about it, um, especially you know the the value of of him and and the potential transfer fees they were talking about. You know, they rejected one that was 11 million from uh, another Liga MX side, Cruz Azul. Um, they, I think they rejected a 12 million one from LAFC, which um, I don't know if that's confirmed, but still, right? Um, so I, it didn't seem that likely. So I kind of was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I think he would definitely make a big difference for us. But I, when you start looking at, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 million dollars and what we could do f- with that money, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. we, we could sign, you know, we could pay Ariola down to be a TAM level player, sign two DPs at five million a pop, <laughs> right? Um, and at that point, it's like, well, t- to me, I feel like that's a way smarter move, um, especially, you know, it's a long season, people are going to miss games, um, being able to rotate people. Um, but also injuries, right? Like Lozano comes in, it's it's a big risk to put that much money into one thing. I mean, just like personal finances, you don't put all your money into one thing, right? So I don't know. I I'm kind of okay with it, and and I think it's probably wise that we didn't, you know, spend honestly probably more than seven or eight million dollars on on a transfer fee for 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 a player like that, considering our our financial situations, right? We're not Atlanta United, we're not um, LAFC, so. Um, I think it makes sense to not sign him. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, it would have been a hell of a lot of money, and and in the grand scheme, of things it's for those of you who are listening around the rest of the world, apart from the states, ten eleven million dollars doesn't sound like a lot um, in the grand scheme of things. Where we're in the UK, we're used to seeing transfers and thirty forty million pounds, um, but for an MLS side, eleven million dollars is a hell of a lot. So, as you rightly said, Ken, we could have, we can use that money in a hell of a lot of a smarter way. So, yeah, absolutely fine. Another rumor, and it was a very loose rumor, um, was the potential signing of Luka Modric. That would have been a hell of a lot of money to uh, sign him, though, um, just on his wages alone. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, in the ranks of Meza Erzold kind of rumour signing that one, I think, and definitely don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's it, the, the the wages would just be absolutely obscene, and for an MLS side, there's no real return on investment there, so we would have been losing out on a hell of a lot of money, I think. Yeah, uh, I saw uh, some reporting on this kind of after the uh, original stuff came out that that it wasn't just with DC, it was also with a couple other clubs, um, and none of them for short short term uh, things, more uh, longer term, uh, potentially years uh, in the future. So 
yeah, I I don't know. I th- these kind of things are are I guess fun and and whatever, but I don't put too much stock in 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 those things. Um, even really as a thought experiment. Yeah. Um, the only really other rumor that I've seen, so if there's any others that I've missed off, Ken, please let me know. Um, was the Russell Knaus uh, transfer to Dynamo Dresden in the Bundesliga two? at the bottom of the table. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Ken? Uh, well, I think uh, I think it's interesting, right? I think um, we, we had rejected their, their original offer. Um, so I don't think that he's going to be going there. And I don't think it's relatively that close either. I think uh, it would have to be a lot more money. But... I don't know. I think it's pretty likely that we'll see Knaus move on this year because Knaus himself has said that he would like to move back or try himself again in, in Europe, in Germany or whatever. Uh, Bundesliga 2 is, is is not, I don't think, where he would want to go. Um, I don't think that uh, that team at the bottom of the table there is, is a good idea either. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be trying really, 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 really hard to prove himself beginning of this season so that he could uh, potentially move during the summer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the real estate market's like in Germany either, but uh, I don't think it's going to be quite as similar as what it is over there in the States. Yeah, I guess that's another consideration. Um, was there any other transfer rumors that you'd seen, Ken? There was like a, uh, a rumor about, uh, I think his name was like Gaston Silva, or, or whatever, uh, Uruguayan um, defender, I think playing uh, in Argentina, maybe? I don't, I don't know, but um, it was kind of squashed. Um, it it, it kind of keeps coming up, like, uh, in some circles, uh, very low um, volume of, of, of talk, but mm. um, basically, like, a seemed like a really, really uh, good defender, uh, like a, a fullback, right? Um yeah seems relatively reasonable i think this one might i mean it would be probably like a three million dollar transfer fee that's the kind of uh level we're talking so pretty pretty high so yeah i don't necessarily think that that will happen (laughs) but um i think we will look to see um another defender fullback probably a center back and and a fullback um in, in this window uh yeah yeah um and then we've got to remember that uh, we've got Chris Durkin as well, um, who's due to come back in the summer if he doesn't, if they don't activate the uh, transfer fee, um, which is I think is agreed in the loan deal. So that could be an another centre back, central midfielder that we've got coming back ready um, because he's playing quite a quite a lot now over there in Belgium. Yeah, he's playing. Uh, I think he's had like five starts in a row. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he says that he likes it over there and, and wants to stay. So I think, honestly, I think he's going to either uh, stay there, um, figure that out, or, or honestly move on to a, to a different club in Europe because um, I think he there was like an, an interview or something that came out where basically he was like, well, it's, it's a lot less comfortable being over here. I'm able to challenge myself more. Um, you know, I think he's he got kind of comfortable uh, at D.C., um, I mean, he's, you know, since he's been around and, and it's kind of his area, I can see how that yeah. happens, so. No, absolutely. I mean, I'd love him to come back because he is a good little player. Um, 
he just needs to work on his consistency um, because I did notice that times his form did dip quite a bit. Um, but I suppose, yeah, that would go hand in hand with the fact that if if he didn't feel like he was being challenged enough, then that would uh, ring true. So I'd like to see him back, but if he needs to challenge himself in, in Europe and if he can do that, then fair play to him. Um, so... Thoughts on the season ahead. Um, what's going to be our strengths this season, Ken? What do you reckon? Uh, you know, I I think what I'm looking at right now, uh, with the transfer window not being closed, I mean, I just mentioned I think we'll see some more def- defensive moves. Mm. Um, but we're looking to be a lot more deep than we were last year. We have, um, you know, our top four will probably end up being... Uh, Assad, Flores, Ariola, and Kamara. Uh, but in that midfield, the, those wingers, we have uh, Boateng, uh, Segura as backups. Um, yeah. And then as a backup to, I guess, either of those would be Griffin Yao, um, who's kind of maturing a little bit. Uh, got some minutes last year, but we'll probably be able to do maybe a little bit more this year. So we have uh, that uh, for a whole season. Um, yeah. We have Moses Nyman uh, coming in as a, as a homegrown um, we have a lot more depth now and, and a lot more just players, <laughs> yeah. uh, just bodies that, that last season we really didn't have. And it kind of, kind of was an issue, but, but also I guess probably was more of an issue where like it, it seemed like reflecting on it, like our guys were getting tired. Um, but I mean, and also we have, uh, O'Neal Fisher coming back, um, That'll be that'll be good. Whether that ends up being a, a backup or a starter, I think that's good. Um, that was something we, we were kind of missing uh, a little bit. But, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic, right? I think the Flores signing is a big deal. I don't think we need another... I don't feel like we need another big signing right this second. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's obviously something that could become obviously wrong within a, you know, five, ten games. <laughs> but... To me, I feel like we feel. I feel like we're a better team than we were starting out last year. We don't have the Acosta anxiety. Um, our players are not really aging. Like I, I felt some anxiety about Rooney potentially having to play. You know, whatever thirty plus games. But this year, all of our players should be. You know, not hitting the the last year, or two years of their their career. So, I think we're pretty solid. I think you know we need probably two more defenders. And a backup striker. I think we're really, 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 really solid. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, and I feel like that those two defenders that we need to get in, they're definitely going to be backup because we don't want to tinker around too much with the backline. Who were we've got to remember they were very, very successful um, in twenty nineteen. Um, so many shutouts. Um, it was just unbelievable. Obviously, Bill Hamid take taking most of that pressure. Um, but Bern, Brown and Knaus, uh, sorry, not Knaus, um, Brion, they were fantastic during that season. Um, Mora, great going forward. Um, his injuries just plagued that season, but when he was playing, he was absolutely awesome. And it was just that right-back position where we had Hara, we had Knaus playing there. We just needed that extra bit of cover last season. Um and it would have been great. So, as you say, get a couple of more in. And I think we are setting ourselves up for a really, really strong season. 
Um, going on that, and I oh, carry on. Uh, yeah, I think the the one thing that worries me a little bit, I think yeah, I think we have a solid backline. I mean, even if with no more starters or starting caliber players coming in, I think we're good. Um, my my concern now is with with Robinson leaving. That leaves us with three center backs, really, uh, Brilliant, Burnbaum, and Pines. And last year, we actually saw the need to go to a three-back uh, system yeah. with those three. And it's like, okay, well, then if one of those gets hurt, we're already in this weird position where we're we're in back three. So then do we go to a back four? But we already decided we couldn't do that. So like, what, so like maybe, you know, a, uh, I don't know, like a Jalen Robinson replacement uh, type situation or, or maybe someone who can play multiple positions. But I think the depth there will be pretty key but also i think we need to remember brilliant had a great season but he's also getting up there i think he's what 35 right um he's, he's already not the fastest player so yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does not have uh an amazing season right kind of <laughs> uh hedging you know right but yeah. um yeah i mean you've got him a I think we none of us were expecting how good of a season Brian was going to have. Um, I think that shocked all of us. But his position and sense was really good, given his lack of pace. So you knew he had to be in the right place at the right time. And the amount of times he cleared that ball off the line last season, that that's fantastic. For someone who's not the most mobile, um, credit is given where credit is due. Um, let's put it that way. Um, moving on to where we could improve. I know my feelings and yours are probably going to be exactly the same. Going on from the previous season and even the season before that, um, improvements for me would be uh, amount of goals that we're scoring and getting through the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... Uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of the issues were like yeah, we weren't really scoring that many goals. Um, I think with Rooney kind of checking it in honestly there in that last six months, and Acosta, I mean whatever, right? <laughs> that was not great. Yeah. Th- those were really hard things to overcome, especially with a squad that wasn't that deep. Um, to our earlier points, but yeah, I mean I think we're gonna I think we're gonna score more goals. Um, and uh, a lot, of, some of that will come from from coaching as well. So there's that to look to look at as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know whether the spots being filled, but they were looking for another um, coach in the back room. So hopefully, whoever comes in, or if they've already been filled, fantastic. Um, that will make a key difference in the way the team plays. Um, and that's another thing I think we can improve on is we started off with an identity um, at the start of the season, the way we played against Atlanta, the way we played against RSL, um, Orlando. And then it just petered off um, during the mid- mid-season. Granted, we had those injuries, but we lost our style um, and lost the way we played. And then you sort of come back towards the end of the season um, when you looked at the games like against Seattle, um, LA Galaxy, where we're all about the high press um, and getting into the faces of the opponents. And I want to see us be consistent throughout the season with that um, and not lose about not lose our style, not lo- lose our identity of who we are. Um, for me, that was one of my 
things that I saw last season and I think we can improve on that um, and if we do that I think we'll finish quite well yeah I think I think some of that's coaching right but some of it's yeah. also uh, just MLS seasons can be relatively harsh on players right like uh, a lot of those a lot of those games were not spaced that far apart and that's that's tiring sure. um, you have two or three injuries and your squad is 20 people and and you know <laughs> you're starting to have issues there um, with, with even getting getting players on the field uh, like feeling a team um, and filling out the bench um, but also like the the quality last year was was uh, in in the depth was was not was not great. So yeah. um, I think even as those wingers, you know, Boateng and, and Segura, we all we we know Segura is uh, serviceable. We know he is a above average MLS player. He's not great. Um, he can score goals. He was a part of a lot of our open uh, open play goals last year, uh, which people don't often remember. But so we have decent depth there and. and even that simple transition of, of having the starters for most of the games be that next level above above average, right? Like the yeah. good, the almost great kind of players, I think will make a big difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you already said, Skuru was um, an underrated player. Um, and he, to be honest, he can cover quite a few different positions as well. So he's certainly going to be one of those guys who he will be there when we need him and he will always do a good job. You never see him have really a bad game. You don't see him having great games, but you don't see him having bad games. So consistency there. Um, and you talked about the um, the scheduling for MLS last season. For us, wasn't great. We had quite a few road games in a row. We had um, periods of time where we had quite a lot of games in such a short space of time. I'm just having a look through the schedule for... 2020 it looks half decent there's not really anywhere in there where we've got loads of games like a nine game stretch in 27 days or something along those lines um there's quite a few good weekly gaps there's a few midweek games in there um obviously we've still got the u.s open cup we've got the leagues cup um to go in there as well but as it stands in the moment the schedule doesn't look too bad yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's gonna be be really important. I think there's some, there's some, like one or two little soft, like like not great spots, but uh, that's versus last year where like we had, <laughs> you know, long long stretches. But yeah, uh, I'm kind of excited that we're gonna have a lot of Saturday games. Um, yes, it makes absolutely. it so much easier. Like, cause I I, I travel from from pretty far away. And uh, it makes it easier because, like, I don't have to worry about, like, you know, works on Monday. Like, wh- whether DC plays on, whatever day DC plays on, I still have to go to work. Yeah. So uh, it's nice to be able to do the, the Saturday, you know, either go up Friday night or go down Friday night um, and see the Saturday game. And then I can just go back Sunday or whatever. I can kind of relax. But instead of, like, go up Sunday get back by 7 a.m. Monday or, or go back Sunday night, right? So yeah, th- that's nice. I think it also helps people bring their families out. Um, Sundays can be hard for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, th- there's there's uh, 
community activities, there's church, there's there's all kinds of stuff. There's the fact that it is a school night um, and stuff like that. So like the Saturday is going to be awesome. Um, I think it'll uh, kind of get our, uh, I guess, pre-game stuff to maybe be a little bit better because people are going to want to, uh, I guess, drink more beer probably, right? <laughs> uh, because it's not a work night. So yeah. like all those things are, like, it's a huge opportunity. Um, and, and I think things will be a lot better in a lot of different ways. But then there's also a really cool stretch there. Um, in in summer, at some point, we go down and we play Orlando, and then we play Inter Miami, uh, like a week after. And so I'm kind of eyeing that to be like, maybe we should go down for like a week, <laughs> take a vacation, go to Disney, and then you know whatever. Um, yeah. It'll be really really hot, but I thought that's kind of cool, um, a nice opportunity for supporters. Uh, so if you're looking to go to, to those games it might be something you want to circle on your calendar now um but yeah yeah and even from a uk perspective as well um the i've just got the schedule up here um on my ipad you've got the inter miami game on the 8th of august and the orlando game on the 15th of august so those two games is great in terms of uk because that's when pretty much well every school is um broken up for the summer so our families could easily get over, um, go to Orlando, go and check a couple of games out because I've experienced MLS games. Um, I'm lucky to have done that, um, being from the UK. And they're nothing like what you get over in the UK. Um, they're just another level. Um, the fans are fantastic. Uh, Pre-match is unbelievable. You don't see anything like that over here where you've got the tailgates and everything. Um and I know Orlando um, City, they do some great walks into the stadium because um, uh, there's a couple of UK um, Orlando fans, to say the least, for some bizarre reason. Um, don't know why. They've never been successful, but there you go. Um, and th- it's just another way of doing it, but it's a fantastic way of doing it. And the things I, compared to what we get over here, the things I love is the fact that you can have a drink in the stands. Um, that's brilliant because you don't allow that over here um and the fans usually aren't always segregated so it's quite nice to have a little bit of a mingle um and speak to the opposing team fans because you're not going to get any violence or anything like that so that's incredibly rare um and i just love it so if you're in the uk you've you support dc united you want to go and see a game head over for the summer go to orlando check out two games yeah, I think I think um, on top of that, like again, like if you've never been to Disney, um, that's incredible experience, right? Yeah. Um, oh. Especially if you have kids. Uh, but also, there's Universal Studios. Like Miami is Miami, right? So <laughs> the, the, there are like a lot of different things to do there. Like and and uh, it, it's really fun. So if if you if you do want to go to both those games, spend a week, a week and a half. Um, it's not like you'll just be sitting around for that week. I mean, there's tons and tons of stuff to do. You got Disney, you got the nightlife in Miami. Um, you know, there's hockey games. There's there's all kinds of cool stuff there, and and it, it's a really really potentially good opportunity, right? So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I did it a couple of years ago. Um, went over to Orlando, did the whole Disney thing, did the whole Universal thing, and there was because there's so many different parks as well 
you've got so much opportunity just to spend a full day there. And to be honest, you don't actually see everything in one day. So you can go there a couple of days. So if you're there for that period of time, yeah, you're right. You're not going to be bored. Catch a game. They're both in the evening as well. Um, they're both at uh, the Inter-Miami games at 8 p.m. kickoff um, Eastern time. And the Orlando game is at 7.30 kickoff Eastern time as well. So it's not like you're kind of going to waste a day up going to a, a theme park. You can do the theme park and then go to the soccer match in the evening. So... Um, it's it'll be a great way so anyone who's listening if you do that let me know i'd love to see and hear about it as well and potentially get you on the show to talk about it um so ken big question we're in obviously the off season at the moment we're coming up to the pre-season games and things like that but i know it's an early prediction and we still haven't finished the transfer window off but i want to know so far how do you think we're going to do this season uh, I feel really, really positive. Um, I I did see that the they they had not filled that assistant coach position, um, and that it doesn't seem one hundred percent likely that they will, um, which is a huge concern for me. Uh, I think okay. coaching is probably probably the number one thing that 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 would be an issue, right? Yeah. Uh, as we've talked about, um, I'm optimistic on a lot of things. I think some of the stuff we talked about. Uh, Flores, I think, is an amazing signing. I think uh, Yamil Assad coming back, and and the fact that I, I feel more confident in our in our our first eighteen than I did I did last year. I think right. Um, yeah. I feel more positive. Maybe that's just because I I need to feel more positive. Um, but I do. I feel I feel real, a lot more positive about it. Um, I you know I think we're gonna do pretty well. Um, th- the depth is is pretty key quality of depth um but also honestly even the the stuff that i see on social right um it's it's obvious that there is some kind of internal shift um whether that's a a large shift or a 10 percent shift there's some kind of cultural shift uh going on right now and you can see that through some of the videos that are being produced in social the this flores signing that is happening um that's a big deal and indicative of of a lot of stuff i think um, so I'm positive about these things. I'm positive that w- when these vibes get better, um, especially inside of the the front office, the office, the the, the teams, that kind of helps as well. I think social being as good as it's being right now, I think helps everything. And and I know that sound might sound silly, but just the the vibes are positive. And I think I think we're gonna sell more tickets this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel pretty positive about everything. Yeah, um, I, I'm in the same boat because, as you rightly said, the fact that the the social media side of things is becoming so much greater, the volume of content that's coming out is a heck of a lot more than it was at the start of the last year. The quality of the content is fa- much better as well, um, and when you see things like that, it puts fans in a really really good mood. And that will then translate to ticket sales. That will translate to the atmosphere. That will translate to better results on the pitch. So it is, it's all the investments in terms of whether it's just the time or whether it's the money to get this content out there. It's all for the greater good in the t- in terms of the team. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll be in the we'll be in the playoff side again. Um, 
I'm going to put that out there um, because I still think that you've got when you've got the likes of Nashville um, who are in the Western Conference this year, aren't they? Uh, into Miami, who are obviously a new side, I think they'll be the better out of those two. Um, but when you've got the other sides who are in our conference and they don't look great still, um, I'm looking at you, Orlando. Um, I, I I feel confident about where we can finish. Uh, I don't think we're yet at the point where we're going to be a conference winning side, but with a good run, who's to say we couldn't do it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't see us uh, <laughs> being number one. I think. I think we make the playoffs. I think we do a little bit better than last year uh, in terms of points. Um, I'm honestly kind of really excited just for the 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 25th year of MLS. I mean, it's such a. I don't know. It just feels so like wow. Like at some points during the league existence, it didn't even seem like it would exist. Um, yeah. So like. I don't know. I think it's just a really big deal. I think the new teams are exciting. Um, I, I honestly, uh, people are uh, kind of giving it giving it some some crap, but I, I like the the Nashville's jersey. I think that's a cool color. Um, I kind of grown to like their their logo too. I think it's kind of cool. Um, I kind of get it now uh, with the music, but um, Inter Miami stuff looks really really cool. They they look to be signing. Um, a Colombian international uh, for I think fifteen million dollars from wow. Club America potentially. Uh, I think that's still um, in limbo, but like these are really big deal like deals, and and I think you know the the Chicharito stuff I think is is <laughs> can't be undersold. I think that's going to be a big deal. I mean that's going to sell out literally every stadium uh, in the United yeah. States that he goes to, um, and 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 not only that I think. I think there will be an extra 5,000 people outside the stadiums, right? Like, I think that's how big of a deal this is. Um, wow. So okay. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this, uh, uh, this year. Um, even beyond just the DC stuff, I want to go to a new stadium. Um, I want to, you know, I want to, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about everything. Yeah. So you just mentioned about going to, or you want to go to a new stadium. If you could pick any stadium that you've not been to yet, um, which one would you go to? Uh, well, I want to, I mean, <laughs> with no limits, I would go to Bank of California to see uh, LAFC. Yeah. Um, I think that would be the coolest thing. I think there's a lot of stuff that uh, whether we or our supporter groups want to admit, we could learn a lot from um, them and, and their supporter groups and their supporter culture. Um, but also just like, the vibes seem really cool. They're really good. Uh, I, I think that whole um, the El Trafico this year is going to be just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and and I think this year we will see the largest you know viewings of, of you know four or five MLS games that uh, have have ever happened uh, in terms of TV viewership. So I think. Yeah, I would definitely go to Bank of Bank of uh, Bank of California. Um, I guess as a second, I really want to go to Minnesota United's one. That one yes. looks really cool with the beer hall. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. Um, but honestly, I think even uh, Nashville's I think would be kind of cool because it's not even it's not that far, right? I mean, yeah. 
Last year I went to Atlanta. I'll probably want to go back to Atlanta again this year, but Nashville's not really. It, it might be a little closer actually um, to to where I live, but okay. Yeah, those are like the t- I guess the the three that come to my mind. Yeah, that's fair. I'd just love to be able to get the chance to come back to DC to be honest. But you know. I don't think that might happen this year, unfortunately. It's not going to be three years in a row, which would have been nice. But you know, um, you know, kid on the way. That's going to take priority, I think. Um, that's probably reasonable. Yeah, I don't think the wife would be too happy either if I left her at home. Hmm. We'll yeah. see. She'll she'll listen to this and she'll uh, probably give me a clip for saying that. To be honest, so sorry, Fliss. Um, <laughs> Uh, right, so we're coming up to the point where we've got the Q and A. Uh, we've got a few. I'm going to do the uh, the voice message first um, because I've got that at the ready, and then we'll go through some of the written stuff from you guys who've listened to the show. You have tweeted in some uh, questions, um, some thoughts as well. So we'll go through that. But uh, the first voice message and the only voice message for this show um, is from Aaron Motes. Um, um, let's hear what he has to say. Hi guys, this is Aaron Motes from Martinsburg, West Virginia. Just want to know what your opinion is that now that Bill Hamid has been selected for a USMNT camp, the first time in quite some time, I think we're all excited about that, the likelihood that he was selected in case the U.S. qualifies for the Olympics in Tokyo this summer, uh, and Bill would then be selected as one of the over age for the under 23s uh, that would make part of that U.S. team in Tokyo. Uh, if that happens, would do you think D.C. would release him to go? And if that is the case, how that would affect D.C. Uh, during that time? Anyway, thanks for taking my call. So, um, yeah, Bill Hamid has been in the U.S. men's national team camp um, and he's been beating uh, other team, other six-a-side teams that they've had over there, which is always great to see. Um, so he asked about the um, thoughts on whether he would uh, go if we, if the US... I was about to say we. I'm, I'm English. I shouldn't be saying that. Um, the US qualifies for the Olympics. Um, would he be allowed to go? And if he does, what kind of effect would it have on the team? Um I think he would be allowed to go to the Olympics. Do you think? Uh, do you think he would go? Um, so this is a really good, um, interesting question that I had not even remotely considered. So I just to kind of think it out, like, um, yeah. So in the Olympics, you get to pick I think three uh, overage players. Um, I don't think that's why he got selected. Um, Mostly, honestly, because it's probably not likely that we qualify for the Olympics, to be to be honest. Um, so I don't think that they're making too many decisions based on that. Uh, but also, I don't. I, I think. I don't know. I don't. I, I. It's it's hard because. If he got selected, I'm not sure DC would let him go uh, unless he was like, no, like this is what I really really want, uh, which is totally possible. Um, but I don't really think I don't really see them picking a goalkeeper. Uh, I see them picking uh, field players, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Picking a goalkeeper for that seems odd to me, and maybe it's because I don't know enough about uh, previous Olympic teams or, or other nations' Olympic teams, but 
I guess that's not where I would fall. I mean, I'd love to see him in any game ever in any uniform. So uh, I would be fine with whatever happens. But it doesn't seem to me that it would be likely. Uh, honestly, I think I think Bill Hamid will will have uh, full full senior caps uh, this year in competitive matches. Yeah, um, especially when you look at that his form for last year. I mean, the amount of times us as fans we were screaming at Greg Berhalter to pick him because he's been the best keeper in MLS. Um, it was just odd that he just was never called up. I mean, not even. I mean, great to have him in the starting eleven, but to not even be called up to the squad was really, really strange. Um, I've in the Olympic squad. It's one of these things where. I feel, for me, as a keeper, you'd probably want the experience in the back. So I would, if it was me, I would actually pick an over 23 as the player who goes at the back. And then you'd have a bit more young players up top. So uh, it's a possibility. Um, if it does happen, the effect, I think, on the squad, it will be it will be sorely missed. But the times that we had Chris Seitz in goal, he deputised quite well. Um, it it wasn't a bad keeper. And the fact that we've got, what, six keepers on the books now, I think we don't have to worry about running out of goalkeepers now. Um, I think we've got two good deputies there. Um, so I don't think it would be a huge miss. Not to say the Bills won't be a huge miss, but he always will be. But I think we could survive without him if he was to go to the Olympics. So it's, yeah, it's a hypothetical. Um, it's difficult to say for definite, but if it, like I say, if I was the Olympic coach, I'd want to have experience at the back, um, and possibly experience at the top. Not so much in the well, there's three, so you could have one in each, one at the back, one in the middle, or one up top. Yeah, that's what some people are talking about over here. But yeah, um, I honestly I rate Edwards pretty high too. So. Um, Hamid, I think, is in a different tier, but I think, honestly, Sites Sites has been really good, and, and I think Edwards is, is serviceable too. Yeah, so I think if he was to go, I don't think we're going to be too... Dis- well, not disappointed, we're going to be really pleased for Bill, but I think from starting 11, it's it's not going to have a huge impact. Let's put it that way. Um, but great question, Aaron. Love that. Um Next thing that came in um, was from Jim, uh, who, if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at United Night Owl. Um, he was on the show last year. Um, I think he was on episode 10. So go and check that episode out. Um, great, great guy. Um, and he's just saying, we'll need to re-establish our home field. New signs will always provide an early spark, but coaching and the defence will have to get us into the postseason. He's always optimistic and he's always United, which is... If you follow, if you go and follow him, you'll see that. Um, you'll see he does things all the time. He's always one hundred percent behind DC United. Um, absolutely love them to bits. Um, but yeah, we will need to get our home season form, home form anyway, back because last season it wasn't quite as good when we started at Audi Field in twenty eighteen, was it? Yeah, I mean. Uh... Yeah, we, we had that reputation of having that uh, Audi Field Fortress type situation, but yeah, I mean if if you can if you can win uh, 
the vast majority of your home games, that sets you up really, really well. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty that's pretty critical. And and even having that reputation is is pretty nice because it kind of psychs psychs your opponent out, gets them mentally like not in a in a in a more fearful state versus a uh, confident uh, state. So, yeah, yeah. And definitely from the coaching aspect, which we've already talked about on the show, and the defense as well, um, key key components. Because if you can't, well, if you don't concede, you can't get beat. Let's put it that way, and that's always a good way to start as well. Um, Scott has sent in a uh, question as well. He is a DC UK member. Um, if you want to fo- follow him, it's at Scott S eight one four, and he asks, how fast can Olsen get the new men to create some chemistry with the existing men? Um, and what if Modric? This could be huge. Um, I'm going to tackle that last one. I would say it's not going to happen. So, But it would be huge. But it's not going to happen. Um, and I know we've been critical of Ben Olsen last season. But how do, how fast do we think he can actually gel the team together, Ken? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess... I don't know. I feel like... Uh... Regardless of Olsen, it takes time, right? Like, regardless of, of your coach, there are some things you can do as a leader to, to kind of encourage that. But, I mean, honestly, I think, uh, you know, some other stuff has already been encouraging to me. Like, they've posted, you know, squad goals or whatever on social media with, <laughs> with all the guys, you know, training together, like, just on the bikes, whatever. But um, I think I think it'll be pretty low, low barrier, Um we we have a really strong uh, Spanish speaking contingent in the team now, so like, you know that 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 makes it easier, right? Than than potentially the the opposite problem where we don't have that many Spanish speakers and we bring in one. So I think yeah. I think we'll be it'll be relatively fast. I think we need to have some patience here because, uh, you know, even for the first five ten games, uh, first third of the season maybe that. Yeah, like uh, we're kind of replacing the the goal scoring part of our team, um, or in the case of last last year, the the lack of goal scoring part of our team. <laughs> but um, that and that all that stuff takes time, and, and and a lot of the stuff that you see on these like really well drilled teams uh, comes down to that, like the the getting used to the second nature, the being in someone else's head stuff. So that stuff takes time. I think we're gonna see. Uh, after 10 games, I think we'll be solid uh, or as good as we'll probably, I don't know, we'll, we'll be reaching the the, the peak of, of where we'll be able to hit, I think, um, with, with just who we brought in now. We could bring in more, so I don't know. Yeah, um, and that's it. It's If we can get that chemistry sorted, we're going to be on to a winner. Um, we've got a good season, pre-season schedule, um, which I've had a look at. we go over to Florida, um, have a few games, come back, train, and then go back out to Florida again to do final few games. We're up against some good sides as well, so that will always help with getting the team to understand how we all play together. Um, As long as we're consistent with the types of players that we're playing, um, so if Florida's kit gets a good run there, um and have that forward line. The back line, I'm confident in anyway, so I'm not too um, worried about it. Um, but we need to get that forward for clicking, um, and that needs to happen straight away. 
for us to be able to start off well and move on and get that season underway. Um, next question is from Brian Lake Twelve over on Twitter. Um, also, his little thing is graying sideburns. He's recently become a DC UK member, um, and he's asked. Well, it's a quite a question for me, really, but he's just asked. Most important question would be: Is the is the new baby here yet? And how's the family doing? Uh, the new baby is not here yet. Um, he is due in about five and a half weeks' time, so not too long away. I'm getting quite nervous and excited at the same time. I built a wardrobe yesterday. I'm ready. That's now filled with a few clothes, including some DC United uh, baby grows as well. That's just saying. That's probably going to be the first thing he's going to wear. Happy about that. Um, and then Fliss, my wife, she's doing well. A little bit of back pain with the pregnancy, but you know, she's getting through it and everyone else is doing great. So thank you for asking, Brian. Um, but I'm just going to throw this out there to you, Ken. Um, you've not got any babies on the way that we don't know about. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Thank God, no. <laughs> I'm good. Everything's great. I'm I'm chilling. Yeah, no. Um, last question that we've had to come in um, was from David Chion. Um, again, another DC UK member. So thank you, uh, family, for sending those in. Um, and he's asked quite a good question, I think. He said, what players have developed through United System to become first-team starters, and will we see Yao and Wild promoted and get starting minutes? Um so some of the players that we've had, um, obviously the most notable being um, Bill Hamid. Um, some of them I didn't really know about, um, like Connor Shinoski, which I think I recognise the name. Um, that was a, a bit of a... He was a defensive midfielder, if I remember rightly. Uh, I think he's with Richmond now. Is he? Oh, fair. Uh, Ethan White, didn't know who he was. Um, but there's other big name players so the likes of um, Andy Neha I hope I pronounced that right um, we've had Colin Martin Jalen Robinson Michael Seaton Chris Durkin Donovan Pines Griffin Yao Moses Nyman and Kevin Paredes so quite a few I think I've missed off a couple there um, so apologies about that but um He's uh, asked about, will we see Yao and Wild promoted? Um, Yao, I think it's got more chance um, than Wild does. I think he's, despite his great, um, well, he had a very good season in uh, USL with Loudoun United's Gordon Wild. But I'm not sure he's going to be fully ready for MLS just yet. I think he still needs a little bit more time. What do you reckon, Ken? Well, Wild seems like he's gone. I think he's going back to Europe. Um, I don't. I, I he wasn't listed as with Loudon anymore, um, or DC. So I, I, I'm oh. not sure what's happening with him. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I think he's back in Europe. But um, yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, I think Yao has a pretty decent chance. I think again, I think we have to be patient. I mean, he's 17, right? Yeah, so 17. Yeah. It's not. It's not that like or not that usual that you see a lot of 17 year olds playing. Uh, in, in MLS um, with any regular consistency so uh, I would expect to see him maybe if, if he's going to start 
getting some more minutes when he's like 19, 20. Um, but, but definitely a serviceable backup there. Potentially playing, you know, five to seven full games this year, maybe. Um, if, if things get a little rough, right? But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think our 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 homegrowns have been relatively successful. Um, I think we're a good soccer area too. So, yeah, and I think this the whole Loudon United stuff is going to make it a lot better uh, and and easier to identify, you know, who can actually be a be a professional um, and who has the the skills to to move up to the MLS side. But yeah, I, I guess I I wouldn't put too much uh, urgency or overhyping on on a lot of these young players right like yeah they're so young you just got to give it time um i think a lot of these guys will end up getting uh their rights sold maybe before they hit 20 so um yeah i I don't know how many will stick around like bill hamid has done yeah but you know who knows we'll see yeah um as you mentioned about overhyping i think one name springs to mind who was overhyped um, I'd love him on the show uh, to talk about it. Uh, Freddie, you do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember all that stuff. Yeah, uh, far too well. Um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I would say definitely overhyped. Obviously, that's beyond true. Yeah, but you know, he did have a long career, and he was still playing up until like last year uh, in USL. Um, but you yeah. know he he had he had some decent years right he was okay yeah he, um, but he, he looks a very good player but I think it's just whatever happens obviously going going over to Europe at such a young age is gonna take it take its toll on you and it just just didn't kick on for him um, but I think he's like twenty eight or twenty nine yeah which uh, is just, something like that. Which is just crazy because it feels like he's been around for such a long time. Um, I'd, I'd offer him a trial. <laughs> see, see, uh, see what he can do. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think that that uh, that relationship <laughs> is is long over. because oh. he looks at the. I think it was the last game at RFK. Um, he he's still got a good touch on him. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with the Freddie Adu story being over with with yeah. DC United. So I don't know. Oh, I, just, I, just, I just want one last hurrah. I think that would. I don't know why. I, I love the guy. I think he's 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 got something about him, and that's that's why he was signed at such a young age. There was something about him, but. Yeah, you never know. Um, just one last thing um, before we close out. RFK finally over. It's a sad time. Yeah, that kind of that's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess we all knew it was gonna happen, but uh, I guess official, official. Yeah. Um, and and a little bit early, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, from a health and safety point of view, absolutely spot on. Not. A- I'm not going to complain about that, but it's it's a bit of an odd feeling. That, I mean, obviously, we moved away from the RFK Stadium ages ago, but the RFK training complex was the last bit, and now we're gone. That's it. So we'll see what happens. Um, 
we're supposed to be opening up some new training complex quite soon, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, but I don't know. The, the RFK land is, uh, that's an awful lot of land there, and, and yeah. it would be nice for it to be used for something other than, like, you know, one one game a year that's, like, an international friendly, yeah. um, like a park, something that could be more useful for the public <laughs> uh, than just sitting there rotting, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of bittersweet. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's yeah, it's an era and it's it's done. It is done, and it is done like this show, the first episode of season two, 2020. Um, thank you, Ken, for coming on. Um, as you might have not heard, you might not have heard Sarah. Um, she was due to be on the show, so it was a shame that she couldn't make it. Um, so hopefully we'll have her on on the next episode um, but yes thank you Ken um, just before we do end um, just a little reminder of where people can find you uh, yeah for sure uh, I'm on Twitter at DCU underscore soccer uh, also on Instagram with that same uh, title uh, or username whatever um, you can also find uh, my website uh, dcusoccer.com and like James mentioned uh, in the first couple minutes, I wrote a little uh, cool thing about Edison Flores with some uh, stats and, and some outlines of like, um, you know, who he scored his goals against and, and why that might matter. Um, kind of, you know, hyping uh, the signing up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not too long of a read, you know, but yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great read and you've, You've got some great stats on there and some good analysis. Um, so definitely worth having a little look over um, and seeing what you think. And uh, do definitely drop Ken a follow over on uh, Instagram and over on Twitter as well. Um, just to close out from me, um, obviously we're coming into the uh, new season. So we've got a few things. You've obviously heard from some DC UK members um, in the Q&A. So if you want to join them uh, and become a DC UK member, just head over to dcunitedkingdom.com. Um, you'll see all the links on there. You'll see um, a membership page. Uh, so head over and join. You've also got um, the first ever DC United Kingdom merchandise as well, uh, which, if I don't mind saying myself, looks rather nice. Um, so head over onto the merchandise page. Uh, T-shirts are £15 plus delivery. So if you're in the UK, it's £5 for delivery. If it's uh, international, anywhere in the world, it is £10. Um, so feel free to pick one of those up and that's about it um, if you want to follow me over on Twitter it's at DC United Kingdom on Facebook and Instagram it's at DC United Kingdom FC um, and one last thing from me please please leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts it will help this podcast out massively and help grow the MLS community as a whole as well um, so until next time Vamos United <laughs>